0: gates. 2. Rior of the Doyen watched from his position above Vailhaven's postern gate. He always watched from his position above Vailhaven's postern gate. He was, after all, a weirder, a watchman. The young man was dedicated, but he had an unhelpful proclivity for daydreaming on the job. He had hoped tonight would be different. The Bregu's bears had delivered news two days ago that a cleric was travelling alone in the wild, north of his position. And for the first few hours at least, the night had been different. Rior had been more focused than usual. He continued, doggedly scanning the landscape laid out before him. He shuddered. Alone. Out there. He couldn't conceive of it. Navigating the forests and woodlands of the Weld was perilous, even for the Dain. The Bregu was the warrior chief of the settlement, so his bears were hand-picked and ruthlessly drilled. Even still, they needed a damn good reason to risk the Weld, and they never did so alone. The territory to the south was home to the behemoth lynx, wildcats as big as horses and jealous guardians of their territory. For generations, travel south had been forbidden. Nevertheless, while training for this post, Rior had heard tell of a trading caravan desperate to meet a contract which had tried to carve a shortcut through the south wood. Word about that massacre kept even the most reckless of the people in line. The wolves to the north were even less forgiving. Swaggering packs of boreal blacks, hunted along the roads and trails, actively seeking human prey. Last winter, in broad daylight, a self-assured old she-wolf padded out from the tree line right up to the Rye family farm. That old bitch ripped Clodagh Rye's tender throat out. The jury examined the body and allowed the family to use a closed coffin. That loss had hit the veal hard. Clodagh had been Rye's firstborn. A happy girl until a household fire when she was five or six. Since then, she'd lived a mercurial life beset by unexplained seizures and manic rants. Still, she'd been loved and the whole town had been protective of her. Now, old Ryan and his wife refused to leave their house and while the younger boys tried to make up the difference whole fields in Rye Valley lay fallow. To the east, the forest was too thick to pass and the one road through the forest was plagued by Scoridun. If he were less afraid of the Scoridun, Rior might have pitied them. Life for these men was cheap and nasty. They had been abandoned by the goddess, so they lived outside of her law, meaning their disputes were settled beyond her sight and without her mercy. These days, any Dain unlucky enough to encounter them were subject to a familiar ritual of torture and murder. Rior himself had seen one of the corpses. He'd been small when they found the old Bregu's body, mutilated in the east forest, and he was one of many Da'in who had gathered in the Kiernak for the return of the old chief's body, carried in state by his grieving bears. That Bregu had been a warrior of the old school, so it had always offended him that the Skoradoon could murder his people at will. Nevertheless, he knew that the enemy had numbers and terrain on their side, and that a conventional raid was off the table. The old Bregu, however, reasoned that if he could render the old enemy leaderless, the Da'in would stand a fighting chance. In the end, he launched a night raid, alone in an attempt to assassinate the Skorodun leader. But when the murdering filth caught him, they paid no heed to his rank or his honour, and they killed him outright, just like all the rest. The old Bregu's body was eventually recovered by his bears and returned to the Veal. It was treated by the healers, the Slanahan, then brought to the Cairnach, shrouded in skins, a customary gesture of modesty and respect. Rior couldn't remember what the shroud caught on, but he never forgot what he saw next. Now, life in the Veil was hard, so Rior had seen a dead man before, but he had never seen anything like this. The Skorodun had forced the chief's eyes shut, then peeled his lips back from his teeth to create a cruel facsimile of a smile. They'd stretched and twisted his limbs taut and splayed his fingers at excruciating angles. They had deliberately humiliated the great chief of the Doyen, and in death... They made him look grotesque and pathetic and small. Rior jerked to attention. He'd been daydreaming again. He sniffed inside, regarding the wooden breastwork beneath his feet, noticing the way it stretched away to his left and right before fading into the evening mist. He considered the stone facade surrounding the entire settlement and the earthen ramparts on either side of it, a circumvallation specifically designed to shut out the entire world. Beacher, Rior thought, if you wish to meet your beloved god so much, the world will happily oblige you. The Finders had positioned the fort of Valevon at the top of a great hill, flanked by two mighty rivers, the Green Sisters, Moor and Beg. They were tributaries to the Great River Veen, about a mile east of the settlement. The sisters formed natural boundaries to Valeben's north, south, and east, acting as wild obstacles to raids and incursions. Ville even had also, over the years, enveloped herself within a carapace of wood and stone, the very wall from which Rior kept his watch. The west side was offered some protection by the distant mountains, but it lacked protection from the sisters, so it was more heavily fortified. And the jewel of these fortifications was the Scorpion Gate. At the time of the gate's construction, the Dru had allowed the Daim to defy tradition and construct the gate from sacred oak. Scorpion Gate was named for its pincer design, two angled exterior walls extending away from the withdrawing gate. This forced all visitors to approach the settlement using a sunken road and ensured hostile visitors would be at the mercy of projectiles assailing them from both sides. They would also have to contend with the sting of the scorpion's tail. The flaming spears and arrows soldiers could hurl from the other side of the gate itself. Rior of the Dain, however, was in opposition to the scorpion gate he was a warder of the Postern Gate, on the east side of the settlement. From here, he had a clear view of everything east of Eyleven. He could see the Yakad, the large public space outside the walls, which hosted the Lunasa Games and the Sawian Veyne fires. Nine large mounds of wood had already been gathered for the Ring of Fires, which would be lit tomorrow evening. Behind this were the verdant plains and farmland, irrigated by Vane herself. The great river then ducked behind the tree line of the weld, sheltering amid the dense forest. From this vantage point, rior could also make out the sisters, more to his north and beg to his south. Every day I have a clear view, he thought. Of all that, nothing. He was growing tired again, and less interested in searching the horizon for priests in profile. He could hear the sisters murmuring, dozens of feet below. His mind started to wander, and his eyes grew heavy he leant harder on his spear and began to dream about a story he'd heard of the knee when he was little. Moore and Beg had envied each other. If they weren't insulting one another, they were engaged in a quarrel or a brawl. It was said that in the mountains and hills they could be heard, crashing and tumbling endlessly together. But their mother loved them and longed for the fighting to stop. One day, in a nearby clearing, the girls found an enchanted emerald resting on a mound of grass. This Was the time of heroes, and such things were commonplace. Each sister wanted the gem for themselves, and so the battle was joined. This time, however, the fighting was so fierce that it can still be heard today, echoing with the rapids through the gorge. Finally, Vane herself intervened, wrenching and tugging at her girls through the spray, struggling to keep them apart. When she finally succeeded, she wrested the jewel from their grip and punished them for their ungodly comportment. They were forbidden forever from reconciling, and when they parted, they parted angry, not because they had lost one another, but because they had lost the jewel. The emerald, meanwhile, could not be destroyed. Instead, it was glamoured by Vane into a lush and verdant hillside where it continued to hold its sway over the sisters. So that even now, they strained to get close to even resting on top of their forbidden gem, and they continued to mutter insults at one another, held at arm's length by their watchful mother. Rior, you mulescat you better not be sleeping on the job. Rior started guiltily. Sergeant Langsam had called him daydream again. Beyond her said soldier, you were sleeping. I swear by a boreal's bollocks, Rior, if I catch you sleeping at your post again, I'm going to tell you at length about the guilty dream I had last night. It featured your mother, as it happens, and Fitzwilliam's prize ram. Sir? Managed Rior. He hadn't processed anything after Mulescock. He's calling me useless. Okay, Rior, if you insist, I'll tell you. It was a guilty dream, because I took one look at your mother and had to go on the Fitz's ram instead which was difficult for me, as you must know, because Fitz's wife is a close friend of my sister. And this was a chase ram before I got to know it, if you catch him adrift. Sir? Rior was confused, but he was feeling oddly relieved about something, and suddenly very protective of his mother. Hang on, soldier, let me finish. So I explained to the old Fitz in the dream that I was only doing my job, and he understood. Do you know why I understood, soldier? I'll tell you why. It's because, unlike you... Dreamfits understands that when the doyen are given a job to do they are duty-bound to do that fucking job Sir? Rior managed finally catching the sergeant's drift Nay what about the Bregu's boys in their sighting at their mad monk in the woods anything to report? No admitted Rior lamely No sergeant? reminded Langsam. No sergeant confirmed Rior but as ever sergeant wasn't finished No, Sergeant Langsom, the cleric didn't come bounding out of the woods, leap across the moor, clamber up the hills, scale the wall and shake me awake. Yes, Sergeant, agreed Rior, defeated. I shouldn't need to remind you the importance of this, Rior, because I briefed you about it myself. Although, now I have a chance to think on it, when I gave you the briefing this morning, you were probably a fucking sleep. You must know how corrupt the world out there is, soldier. You stare at it long enough. The Girard work hard to keep that corruption on the other side of the wall. So I think they would prefer not to swing open the scorpion gates like a pair of harlot's hamstrings and let the rats stroll right in. I don't think that's what hamstrings are for, thought Rior, but he thought better of pursuing the argument. I'm sorry, sergeant. I haven't seen him, he said instead. The sergeant nodded. Okay, Rior, well, keep an eye out. And remember, you need to stay awake, soldier, so if you do see him, and either of you are flying, or pregnant, you failed. Sir, Rior barked, in a renewed effort to convince the sergeant of his vigour and focus. The sergeant, however, was already moving, so Rior set about his task once again. And saw. Sir, cried Rior, more urgent this time. Sir, wait, I, I think it's him, it has to be. Langsom strode back to Rior's position. There! Rior pointed. The shadow there! Across the moor! Langsom strained his eyes. God s drown me! I can't see a damn thing! He's there, Sergeant! Look! Ten feet to the right of the first willow! Suddenly, Langsom saw it too. Silhouetted against the pollarded willows, a human shape was moving. Hmm. Langsom grimaced, tracing his drooping moustache with his thumb and middle finger. Well, At least we chose the right profession for you, soldier. That is some spot. The sergeant took a breath to set himself. And when he next spoke, his tone was suddenly serious, almost conspiratorial. Now, Rior, listen. I don't mean to tell you how to do your job, but just in case, here's a little reminder. It's one torch for one minute, then snuff it for a three count. Repeat three times, and then again for a full minute. We need weirders on alert. Especially the scorpions. "'You'll need to cross the bridge "'and use the west trail to approach. "'Do you have that, soldier?' "'Yes, sergeant.' "'Good man. "'Once the others have signalled that they understand, "'I want you to join me in the hay sale.' "'The hay sale?' "'Rior looked surprised. "'Were you informing the Girard, sergeant?' "'The Girard, or the Council of the Many, "'was a council of representatives "'that regularly convened to decide "'on matters of importance to the Veil. "'They met every half-moon in the Veil's great hall.' The hay sail. Langsom's face was serious, but his eyes twinkled. He was enjoying the young wearer's discomfort. The guard, me, her mercy, you are no soldier. My duty is to report to the captain. And you, you're coming with me.